what I told you, cut People see me, but they just don't know. 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 Let's go. What's good, everybody? My name is Jose Guadalupe Olivares. Welcome to the Poetry Guys. My name is Aziz Barnes. Uh, my name is Violin Basket, aka, AKA uh, Basket of Grapes, AKA, AKA Grapes in the I don't know, man, Valley. AKA <laughs> I've never taken an improv class before. AKA, AKA uh, Holy Moses. AKA. AKA uh, <laughs> Moses Malone, aka Quiet Malone. Yeah, my name is Quiet Malone, aka. My name is John Sands, everybody. Welcome to the Poetry Gods. We are very thrilled to have you here. I will say, this is a special day. Do you know why? Why is that? Not just because we have an incredible guest we're going to get to, but I think this is the closest that we've ever gotten to our recording date and our release date being together. Oh, wow. I think that's you know what I mean? Yeah. What's the gap? Like, where's... I feel like we're recording this a mere three weeks before it, it comes out. Weeks. Yeah. Usually we're not who you count on for your pop culture hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may remember that from, like, last episode, us oh, telling goodness. you to, like, watch the video for the one. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you should still do it. You, you know what I mean? Watch. That's still good three advice. Months <laughs> three months later. Three months later, whatever you're getting you know? this. If you're, like, catching up in the future... <laughs> It's like 2020, you stumble upon our yeah. podcast. Listen, go yeah. back to that video. First and, and foremost, we're archivists. I think I would <laughs> yeah. like to point, to posit, right? Yes. Yeah. Also, you should watch the video because that's literally at DJ Halid's house. They filmed it on that's location. That's his house. Really? He lives there. It's incredible. For a living, like, that's where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like my favorite was on the I think it was the Safia episode where we told people to listen to Coloring Book uh, which yeah. w- which came out like six months like something <laughs> like six months after Coloring Throwback. Book had come out and then yeah. people are listening to the podcast like you know what you have to listen <laughs> listen, listen to <laughs> us new project <laughs> if you haven't heard of him Chance yeah. Oh my god. You should. He's a big deal. He's a he's you know, he's kind of popular. <laughs> Up and coming artist. Emerging. Emerging. Uh, emerging rapper. Oh my, we should have been one of those podcasts that did like spoilers and then it just wouldn't matter. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like if it was a Game of Thrones spoiler, I know. it's like spoiler alert, and it's like great. I don't feel bad yeah. about any of this. Uh, so that's very exciting, and we're also excited because we have one of the most incredible writers in so many different genres one of the best people uh powerhouse in all these different ways we're so so happy to have her here uh please put your hands together for ebony hogan Uh, but first very important question quite serious okay i don't want to undersell because it's really important no i mean i think it's the biggest thing we've ever asked anyone what? Oh my <laughs> your mind. We didn't. Aziza. Never... What's on your mind? Oh well. Okay. Okay. This is what's on my mind. So I found an incredible parking space outside of John Sands' home, and it's literally right outside. So that is on my mind. On top of the thing that's on my mind, because that's actually quite important. Car people. Uh, anyway, so I'm sitting in the car. <laughs> 
And my car's name is Benita Applebaum because she puts me on. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the car, right? I'm sitting in the car. I love that fucking car. I'm sitting in the car and I'm watching this video on my phone of this like 11 year old uh, child whose name is Nemes, I think is what they go by. And they're like, fucking killer at drag. Wait, like, this is when you're parked? Yeah, when I'm parked and uh, on I my phone. Make sure you yeah, so here's the scene. I'm parked in Benita Applebaum on my phone watching the video from my phone which has a cover on it that looks like ice cream. <laughs> so I look like I'm watching ice cream <laughs> but I'm actually watching this video and Nemesis is fucking killing it and Nemesis' drag name is like Lativia which seems like too black for everyone. <laughs> this is the whitest child. It's an elfin white child. <laughs> and like it's like the tibia and, and elfin is just like I won't I won't watch it with sound because I don't want to know what elfin is doing with their voice or Nemesis is doing with their voice. It's because it's elfin child. And like it's just like, oh Latavia just like is full realness, is full drag realness, does not play. I'm like, I don't wanna know because I wanna just enjoy this video. So I keep watching and Nemesis' mom is so sweet and like helping, you know, put on the makeup. I've and seen, I've seen this. Super mm-hmm. beautiful. And then Nemesis gets so Nemesis so big, all the stuff, but gets surprised um, by meeting like their favorite drag performer from RuPaul's Drag Race season six, who just comes in and is just like yes, and teaching them how to like walk and like give face and just like all this shit. And is like I start crying in the car. Because this week on the Facebook and on the real life, people have been asking things like, are trans people actually attractive? And like, Mm -hmm. do they deserve to be like... And then this one little motherfucker on this Facebook thread had the gall to say like, if a trans person doesn't tell you they're trans, like, then they're going to rape you. Like, then that's rape. (laughs) And I'm just reading this shit as like a genderqueer little, little person who's been asked by so many people, like, well, what are you? Like, what is mm-hmm. it? And I'm just like, you know what? Nothing you're going to have. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've been, like, my life has been threatened. And it's just like, I really realized, I was like, look, we have fucking lineage. Like, that's lineage. That's heritage. If an older person can talk to a younger person about how to be the person that they are, then, and, and it really hit me. It was just like, Trans people, non-cis people, GNC people are children first. Do you know? Mm -hmm. So their attractiveness or desirability to like a cis gaze can't be the point of it. It's not like when you had sexuality, you became your gender. It's like, I was born first. Mm -hmm. That happened first. Mm -hmm. Before I ever approached you or whatever you think you want or whatever you think you might like sometimes. And also, I feel like people who say that shit about trans people actually probably fucked a trans person once and then didn't know and then were very upset. But that's just a dumb joke I tell myself in my head. Because the thing is this, it's just like, the people who've approached me who are beautiful, who are cis people who are beautiful and have been into me, have said like, I have no idea like what you are, but I'm into it, whatever you are. And I fuck with that because you'll find out, like, trust and believe that knowledge is coming. But you don't get to, to like, assess my parts and see if that's a gamble you want to take. Mm-hmm. I think that's really evil, actually. So, I don't know. I was sitting in the car, car this morning crying because I was like, if we have heritage to me, <laughs> you don't get to be mean. You don't get to be mean no more. I mean, it doesn't make any more sense. I think it's also a fast jump from speaking about 
gender identity to immediate sexualization as like that being the only entry point that you feel you can walk through in order to talk about trans rights feels like a jump that feels intention like it feels well, it's evil, intentional right? yeah intentional because yeah. it is intentional because it's like if you exist only as an object that complicates my sexual identity like my being the person looking at you then then I'm not a person because people don't people aren't just walking around living their lives to complicate other people's sexual identities I'm no. walking around the world looking how I look acting how I act being how I am to live and then eventually die that's mm-hmm. it that's my only mo. Like the rest of us. Like like yeah. everybody the fuck else. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it really hit me. I was like, I was a kid first, and you would never come up to a kid talking about like, but what if I'm never attracted to this person when they eventually grow up? Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, fuck you, fuck all that noise. Like, th- it's just not even a conversation. <laughs> it's so inappropriate. And it and like I haven't said anything publicly. I haven't defended myself or like my kin publicly because. You can only be heartbroken so many times mm. on the same fucking situation. And it's like, I don't know. Anyway, seeing that kid fucking kill it and get it and then meet someone like their idol. And this kid got so shy. They were like, oh, my God. Like, oh, hi. Mm. Hi. How are <laughs> and it was just like, it, and they were so like audacious and wearing like their big earrings. And they were just like choker necklace talking about like, I like what I like. I am who I am. I, I, I eat. Uh, hello. And like the drag queen was black too. So they were like, really like, hello. Like Latavia went somewhere. <laughs> and it was just Nemes. And it was like, hello. <laughs> like, you know, but, but even that dialogue, right? Like, why does Nemes feel comfortable talking like Latavia? Talking like, mm-hmm. why? You know what I mean? And, and then when you think about Paris is Burning, it's like that kind of audacious proclamation of self mm-hmm. is super black is always black it's like oh yeah i came here and then they took my language and my drums and all my family so i just started screaming do you know what i mean started singing Mm -hmm. and so i have a lot of problems with certain like co-options sure but it was the first time i also understood like from a child why that level of selfhood loudness realness Mm -hmm. bigness might feel more comfortable than what their own culture is giving them Mm -hmm. which could be like super slick like what i love about white drag queens is like a lot of it is very like slick dismissive like Mm. you know it's quiet in a lot of ways even when it's loud so maybe nemesis will find that at some point but i was just crying in the car i was just crying in the car (laughs) (laughs) that's what's on my mind what yeah john yeah what's on your mind what is on my mind you know, I'm getting married. <laughs> I can act like something else is like truly on my mind. <laughs> um, and, and so I think, you know, I have a lot of things on my mind that are tangentially related to that. But there's this Jack McCarthy poem that has been playing in my head for so long. Jack McCarthy is like one of my heroes and uh, he's no longer with us. But, uh, you know, you should really look up his work. And he has this poem that's about... Do y'all know who Bill Buckner is? No. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, a famously... uh, Famous for bad reasons. Yeah, he's famous for bad reasons. In Boston, before the Boston Red Sox had, like, won a World Series, they had, like, a long curse that prevented them from winning a World Series. I don't know the ins and outs of the curse. Right. But the 86 Boston Red Sox were, I guess, like, an inning away. Like, they had to get out of the inning to win against the New York Mets. And Bill Buckner, like, famously 
had a grounder hit to him that like went through his legs and the Mets ended up winning yeah. and it was like the whole city of Boston fucking hated Bill Buckner and probably still hates Bill Buckner and like everywhere you go people like if somebody like drops something on the ground or something people are like oh man that's pulling a Bill Buckner right and everybody like yeah like this guy got fucking trashed okay and Jack McCarthy has this poem that like describes Bill Buckner describes him watching Bill Buckner earlier in the season and how his career like wasn't quite Hall of Fame but was still like storied and incredible and he recalls like hearing an announcer after he like stretches a double into a triple saying that he was gallant in the way that his like legs rode and how Jack was like that's how I'll think of you and then the poem pivots and is like basically what none of us are willing to admit and I think he's talking about Bostonians in this time but I you know it stretches out is that none of us like rarely 99% of us have ever achieved so much in order to fail so publicly and speaks about how like you can't be great without risking the most public of humiliations Uh, and I think about that as I like you know legally declare my life with (laughs) (laughs) in front of all of the people who I love right And, and and the poem ends it's a long poem I don't want to read the whole thing but you like have to read hear the end of this poem. Yeah. Also, I right would like here. to just commend you. That was an excellent storytelling skill. Oh. Like, <laughs> I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't came ready. back I, around. I, could I was, not like, I was waiting. I was waiting wedding. to see. This, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, 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 it's a Red Sox podcast. <laughs> Getting back to uh, yeah, I don't give a f- uh, fuck about baseball. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> at the end, this is the last stanza of the poem. Mm. If we were honest. Your name would be spoken only after the lights were out and then only between two persons who had achieved the deepest intimacy, who knew that they could turn to one another in the darkness when the fear was on them. One of them might gently brush the shoulder of the other and the other one might swim up from the depths of sleep and whisper, what is it, my darling? And the one might sigh, Bill Buckner. And the other might caress the one and whisper, shh, it's all right. Sleep will come when you're not looking. Morning will come, and breakfast, and things that should be easy will be easy once more. It's the walk of life. You've walked it before. You will walk it again. Shh, now, beloved. Oh my god. So those are your marriage vows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. I mean, low key, it's going to be in the wedding. We are, I wrote wow. this thing. Yeah. There are going to be people at the wedding who are like, why is there a poem, like a long poem about baseball before it turns? <laughs> I think we kind of expect that from you now. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but, uh, but I've just been thinking a lot about that in both, you know, in love, but also in other aspects of my life mm. where like... You know, you're just like not guaranteed by being on your path hmm. to be exempt from like failure, both private and public. And like a lot of what that is is like growing through risk. And hmm. and I just got like Jack McCarthy on my brain today. So hmm. if you know, you should look up some old YouTube videos. He's hmm. a very he's a you knew Jack, didn't yeah, you? I've met him. Man. I didn't know him, but I've met him. I think of him as someone who back in the day in 2008 in like the golden era of New York City. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, golden era. <laughs> and what, I love it, it right. what I love about this is that yes. every time that 
that year of of it's the world comes 2008. up. It's two thousand eight. It's never two thousand seven. Yeah, it's never two thousand seven. Yeah, Anthony and I were sitting there watching Jet Two thousand eight. Yeah, you know? used because uh, the poet used to come to town. They would feature at Louder Arts, mm-hmm. Urbana, and the New Eurekan, and you mm-hmm. could see them and three times them all week. And wow. you knew how much you fucked with them based on whether or not they did the same set at every venue. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So did, did Jack and Carly do the same venue, do the same set? Or Hell you, no. No, 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 no. Real quick. So a couple things. One, I met Jack. We brought him to Chicago and he came to our like teen open mic. And so uh, he like sat through like my slam poem yes. at the time uh, and said very nice things to me, which I appreciate. Yes. Um, but then the other thing that I'm thinking, (laughs) I had long hair. I was like, in order to be a poet, I have to have long hair. Literally, he met me. (laughs) I was reading trash ass fucking slam poems. You can probably attest to that. (laughs) I was 2008. It was the year of trash ass slam poems. Yeah, but Jack wrote my book. He inscribed my book, John, keep doing what you're doing. Let nothing deter you. You're on the right path. Like, do you have any idea how much that means, that meant at that time? Go ahead. Sorry, I cut you up. Well, now I can't remember the song. Oh, because you needed to be a right, well, you were sad. I just wanted to say my you know, that I met Jack and that he was very kind and I remember feeling I mean I had only I'd read all the poems that I could find by him. You know what I mean? And this was at the time when like I knew maybe ten poets total. Like I knew Kevin, you know what I mean, I knew Patricia Smith. And I knew Jack McCarthy. You know what I mean? Like those were the po- the adult poets. I knew Avery R. Young. It's not a bad roster. That's it's yeah, a, it's a great. That's a good roster. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? So that was like a very. I was like, damn. Like Jack McCarthy says I could do this. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I remember it being a big deal. Um, but yeah, the second thing was not about Jack. It was about something else, and now I can't remember mm-hmm. what it was. Did it have to do with your long hair? No, I it really did not want have to, to hear do about the hair. hair. I mean, I've seen pictures of this hair. It is very good. Yeah. It was like down to my ass at one point. I was really, Jesus. Yeah, situation. I was. I was. He was hitting the the Jesus. Nice. Jesus. Jesus uh, two times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? What's on your mind? Yeah. Um, well, mine actually relates to this. I'm, so, uh, in the week that we are recording this, the uh, Ruth Lilly mm-hmm. finalists have been announced, which is always, you know, a beautiful moment where, like, a bunch of our peers get to be recognized for, for their poetry. And some of my, like, best friends are on that list, including Courtney Lamar Charleston, yeah. a whole bunch of other really great people. Fatima Oscar, who yeah. uh, has beef with the podcast. Yeah, who we'd love to have on the podcast. We would love yeah, to have, <laughs> for the record, same thing with Eve Ewing. Your name, shout out to yeah. Eve Ewing. We'll come to y'all. Oh, we're working shit. on it. Yeah, we're, we're on the way. Chicago tour coming soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm thinking oh, about, you know, there's always, there must be thousands of people that apply to the Wolf mm. Lilies, and then every August 1st, they announce like 10 finalists or something like that. And so I'm thinking about how, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking about like what Lauren was saying on our last podcast, uh, which is about like chasing rejection and how, re- how to like, I guess I'm thinking about how to reconsider rejection and to hold rejection and failure in a way that isn't just the end of the conversation but can propel one forward you know what mm. i'm saying so i'm thinking about this beautiful list and my beautiful friends who are doing great work and i'm thinking about like how it's okay to have people say no in fact like kind of a good thing to have people say no and how that opens the door for other possibilities you know what oh, i'm saying God. and I, I i just think it's important to be 
and I guess I'm wondering from y'all like what what how you approach this idea of rejection and like what it means I think you have to be graceful in the face of rejection no well I mean you could be anything you want that's true and it says a lot about just who you are deciding to be in that moment Mm. more than the thing or the thing you thought you wanted or the thing the person won't give you Cause I don't know, like for me, right? So I apply to Ruthie Lily every year, yes. kind of like how I do with, did with Kaveh Kahneman. It was like I got to a point where I was like, "This, look, I don't give a fuck. I will donate my little funky twenty dollars every year, Kaveh Kahneman, yes. until I am in the ground. And even if I'm in the ground, and I didn't go to your retreat. I'm still gonna give you my little funky twenty dollars, like for ad infinitum, you know. And yeah. I got into that point, and then the next year I got in, so I was like, "Dang!" <laughs> I kind of got invested in like, "Wow, what if it's one of those stories where like I'm sixty and like I did all this stuff, but they're still like nah." And then I'm like old as shit, and maybe I'm never a fellow, but I'm just a faculty person. Like you know, yeah, I get yeah. excited about alternate histories, yeah. and that's what keeps me excited about rejection because it's mm. like. I wonder what the story is going to be, you yeah. know, if it's not this. So, like, didn't get a Ruthley, didn't get a finalist thing, but so many other things were opened up. Right, right, right. That I'm like, God. And I've also, like, the way I deal with rejection is, like, I decide I'm going to get it at some point. Mm. It's just a decision that I make, like, that it's going to happen somehow. And it's not really up to me how. It's just that I have to keep doing the thing. I love that you say that you lead with like, you have to feel however you feel. Because I think that that's really true. Like, however you feel privately, I think you have to be allowed to go through whatever journey that you have. Mm. But I do think there is something to be said for public grace in Mm. the face of rejection. Mm. Think about that, like we do like a gather round with the Urban Word finalists at at the like Apollo finals every year. And a big part of that is trying to like communicate and I feel like anytime we're talking to youth we're also talking to ourselves about like how best to behave but we're like one of you is gonna pour your heart out on the stage someone in the audience is gonna feel very authentically connected to what you shared that is the whole point and that same person is going to be watching you when you either make or do not make the team and and their like observation of you will inevitably be a factor into how they perceive you as a person and what you share, you know? Yeah. And so if somebody comes up to you after the show and is like, oh my God, I really loved your poem, and you're like, oh, it wasn't good enough to win, or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> or you say something stupid because you're yeah. in your feelings, and that's yeah. like a very valid emotional place to be. Mm. I think at least you have to be mindful of the fact that there are people who value your work, you mm. know? And that that is really important to them. Even if in that moment you value your work but like the largest space of energy is about like achievement and not like what led you into the poems that you submitted in the first place yeah yeah. i love that this idea of like privately you should feel what you feel you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and you have to give yourself that space but then publicly i think it is important even if you're like faking it to be like Mm -hmm. gracious and to because you would want people to be mm-hmm. gracious to you if you were the one getting this. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. You wouldn't want people being like, well, fuck Jose. He can't write poems <laughs> yeah, anyway. Or they just worse, get me. Right? I hate, yeah. I, this is the motherfucker I hate. I kind of love the motherfucker that's like, yo, fuck Aziza. <laughs> right. <And it's>, yeah, <laughs> I love that person because I'm like, yeah, fuck me. <laughs> you know, I get to be ridiculous. Right. But I hate the motherfucker that's just like, 
that was really good. I'm so glad you got it finally. Yeah. Or I'm, so, so pr- I'm so proud of you. I'm just so proud of like, you. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Like, you proud of you. You my mom. Are you proud of me? And you, and you not my kin, me? and you not my fam. Like wow. for my for my people, proud. I'm proud. For yes. a nigga that barely know me, you can't be proud. Kick uh, rocks, happy. All the rocks you painted, kick them. Just like you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm just like I just that's the that's the kind of shit I hate. Like I I agree with fake it till you make it. I don't agree with fake. Do you know what I mean? And I think there is a distinction. I I know many a mug who will literally just be like, oh my god, you won the thing. Ugh. And then, like, you see them die inside and turn to rot, and then take yeah. a selfie with you. And it's the most. <laughs> uh, it's all of that energy could have been spent with you just turning around and walking out the door and not saying a damn thing. Smoke a cigarette. Go home. Go Call your mind in a cab somewhere. Like, it's but good. don't don't funk up my timeline yeah. with your stanky face yeah. and my happy life. Beautifully said. What else oh. needs to be said? Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> Uh, first question of our interview uh, what's on your mind so I am I'm nearing the end of, of what I'm calling my mom duty free week <laughs> so my son is away with his white folk relatives doing white folk things in West Virginia what are, so what are white folk things you know like getting inside of a boat like, <laughs> <laughs> boats period like boats be. period <laughs> yep. paddling with things I always wanted to do that. That shit looks um, fun. You know, I mean, they're sending me pictures, yeah. and I'm like, "Is this safe?" All of the Brooklyn in me is like, "Is this safe? Yeah. Is he gonna do what? Is he? Is the life jacket gonna keep yeah, him yeah, up?" Yeah. It's like you can actually see the bottom of the river Ebony. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure they've been to Walmart a few things. And he said there's a picture of him on a horse. There is. Oh, nugget. That sounds is. adorable. He looks terrified but also like so regal and so majestic mm. i say it's, he looks like a kahinde wiley portrait <laughs> and wow. yeah it made me so i got that i was super duper hungover and that was the text that was sent to me and i was like oh, he's, riding, he's riding horses he doesn't need me Aww. it's like no nah, i was crying because i was in a lot of pain yeah um, also because my son is the most beautiful thing in the entire world yeah, yeah he is. but i am glad he's not here this week yeah. <laughs> Because I needed a break, um, like you know, like most parents do. Mm-hmm. So I've been, you know, I I'm, I wish that I could say I've been using the time to like write poems and reflect upon my life. But I've really been using it to just go out and be a hot mess mm-hmm. and destroy other people's lives <laughs> and be a public nuisance. Whose lives did you just like? Everyone, <laughs> all of like, there's all sorts of people around the city, just like, oh my gosh. I never met a woman like that. No, and no. You know, um, really, I just, I, I, I just like that's that's my way of like letting off steam. But I've been wrestling with this thing. So like, I go out. Um, there's dancing, or there's always going to be drinking because it's a bar or it's a club or whatever. Mm. And I feel like I'm consistently running into these situations where. I have two options. I can giggle and laugh it off, um, or I can like use this as a teachable moment or like punch somebody in the face. So for example, um, I'm up at a bar in Queens with, with Jean Ann Verlee, hey. guest, of course, yeah. um, who's one of, my, one of my closest friends, and her husband, Ian. And in a period of about 10 minutes, I'm not, I wish I was exaggerating. I'll say 15, so I'm not exaggerating. I have three different dudes come up 
and in very different ways try some shit so like it's the i'm gonna get in your face or i'm going to touch or i'm going to grab your arm and ask you to dance or you've already told me to go away and now i'm coming back and it's like everything in me wants to just like go and be like this is why this is inappropriate mm -hmm. this is why you can't do this everything in me wants to just start swinging on people mm. or like, you know, use my stun gun or something like that. Mm. But there's also a part of me that night where I was just like, guys, I don't want to fight. Like, I just want to have all these drinks here yeah. and I want to talk about meaningless stuff. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want this to be like a Facebook discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want, like, at what point is it okay to just say, you know what, this dude sitting here just said some really messed up stuff. And I could teach him all the reasons why it's messed up, or I could yell at him, or I could, you know, report him to the bartender. I could do all of these things, but inevitably, sometimes I'm just too exhausted for that, and I really just want to have this drink and be with my friends and enjoy that. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out where the line is between, like, how much responsibility do I need to take in those, in those moments? Is it okay when someone makes a really sexist joke or somebody makes... Uh, a homophobic joke at what right. point is it okay for me to just say you know what I'm preserving actually my sense of of self right now and my sense of happiness by turning away from this mm. as opposed to leaning into it mm. and so we had a really 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 long talk about you know at what point is it okay to just you know because there will be there's there's two me's there's the me where you approach me and I'm like get the fuck out of my face Right. And there's the me that's like, no, thank you. <laughs> you know? Mm. And so there's, it's brought up a whole lot of, you know, because there's so many, there's so many ways that that can play out in, in the real world where you just decide today's not the day. I'm not doing this today. Yeah, dog. That, more and more, because I feel like that's always the question when you're like black woman person mm -hmm. or black woman looking person is like, People look at you like you're like one of life's custodians. Like, oh, you're gonna, you know, be the janitor of my nonsense at you, in you, around you. And more and more, I've decided that every day is not the day. Mm. And literally be. every, I'm like that. No, for the for my life, no. And I decided that that wasn't wrong because I think we're each going to illuminate something in our own way, right? Like, my best friend, come on, for her, it, she is the every day is the day. Mm -hmm. And then when she has a day off, just please let her have the day off, you know? Yeah. For me, none of the days are the day. You will not get it from me. Because if you're a stranger, I literally don't care enough about your life to help you. Mm. I don't care. Like you're, you're literally nothing to me, and you're bothering me. And so nothing for you. You know, like, I've had men just say like god awful horrible things to mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. and even something small like yesterday this one man looked at my legs and was like excuse me are those tights or is that like hair and i was like what yeah and i and i was like hair i was on the phone with my mother i was like hair and he was like my god and then just walked it's like, away it's you minding your damn business is what it is Swear that's, to goodness. that's what's here and so for me also like sometimes i'll just answer the question yeah and then it's over or like this one dude walked up to me on Queens Boulevard and was like, what in the fuck are you supposed to be? Wow. And instead of lashing out or whatever, I was just like, oh, that hurt. And I went home and it hurt and that was it. And, it, and what I like is the, cause what I hear you talking about Ebony also is like, 
okay, at what point am I like the Earth's custodian and at what point am I a person? Mm-hmm. And for me, the I... Earth's custodian. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just a person. I am just one little nigga mm-hmm. trying to not make a big nigga mess, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's my whole... That's it. It's actually... And it has to be very simple and non-dramatic because every time I try to, like, fight the thing, there's this lust that I see mm-hmm. on the other end this like depravity and this hatefulness that I'm now asking to live with yeah. me. What do you think separates not so much that awful man who you're describing, but like maybe the dude in the bar who like comes up and is like reaching out at a time where that is just like not the right time. Yeah, where we're di- literally reaching out while we're discussing the last dude. That yeah. Reached out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yes. it's not your time, my dude. Like, what do you think separates that from, for instance, like, we were out recently. Oh, wow. I hope you're all right with me telling the story. We can always cut oh. it if, if you're not. Because it was so beautiful. I, like, okay, yeah, writing yeah. a poem I'm, about I'm it. into it. I'm into it. We'll I'm cut it if, you, if, you, if you're not. No, no, I'm uh, into it. Please. But I took, I was, like, in such admiration. And awe because Hossein Aziza and I were at oh, this right. like this. we were at this bar. Actually, Chavellas. we were getting dinner in Brooklyn, and yeah. there was a woman at the bar. We all agreed oh that she was attractive because she it was. was very difficult not to agree. Shocking, uh, yeah, like, right. Anyway, and, months later, we're but, talking about yeah, <laughs> but you went up and very respectfully was were like, "Hi, you know, like you're beautiful," or you said something, you know. But yeah. the way I watched you do it, the way in which you did it. Like, you offered something. Something yeah. in that was vulnerable and not, like, didn't didn't push yeah. too hard or something like that. It was like, instead, of, I guess maybe I'm answering my own question, but, like, maybe it's, like, the difference between a hand immediately grabbing your hand and a hand reaching out halfway and seeing whether your hand is going to come back. That, you know? Because that's a really beautiful exchange. And I people think, actually, like, need it in order yeah, to meet people. I think, and, and so... I love this story. I love that you brought it up. I I'm just love like, it too. you know, it exposes me as a as the person I am, which is fine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember you being like, I have to say something, or else I'm not gonna I'm gonna be mad at myself on the walk For home, forever. which I know that feeling so well. And right, so okay, so I feel like with every gross dude, the impulse is likely the same. Like, no, I'm just, yeah, with every gross dude, the impulse is likely the same. Of like, if I don't say something. It, it, it's about you, right? Yeah. Me approaching that woman is not about that woman. It's about me mm-hmm. and my life and my little nigga wants and feelings. Yes. And, but what it is also like not about, it's not about, okay, this is what I take it to be. You know the movie Adaptation? No. All right, so Charlie Maybe. Kaufman wrote Adaptation. Nicholas Cage is in there, right? Yes, and he plays himself twice. He plays oh, American actor. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> well, in this, he is, you know? Yeah. He used to be kind of that dude to me. Like in Moonstruck and in Adaptation and then in nothing okay. else. So and, and so, where it's at the end of the movie and the plot essentially, because it's Charlie Kaufman, is insane. There's this dude trying to write a book about orchids. Mm-hmm. It gets all fucked up. Him and his twin brother end up in like the swamps of Florida following the dude that collects the orchids and the woman who wrote the book about the orchid. Anyway, so it's a mess. And they're trying not to die by getting eaten by alligators. And so they're lying in the swamp and one of the twins who's like trying to write the thing and his name's Charlie and he's like very obsessive and neurotic and upset is talking to Donald who's like this very fun-loving, you know, joyful, falls into wealth dude. And he's like, you know what I remember, Donald? And Donald's like, what? He's like, God, when that girl Sarah, you loved her so much. He's like, I loved her so much. He's like, yeah, but she made fun of you. Like, 
like you you said that you loved her in the hallway and she tried to pretend that she loved you too and and then she just like laughed with her friends and you acted like you just didn't even know and he's like oh no I knew I heard them and he was like but didn't that like break your heart he was like my love was my love it had nothing to do with her. Okay. And then he said, I'm you're done. not what loves you. You are what you love. I loved her. It wasn't about her. It has nothing to do. You know what? And that's that's what it comes down to. when somebody. But that's also what makes it dangerous. Yes. So there is a part of me that's like, I know that this person means no harm, but it, it doesn't mean that they're not doing any harm. Exactly. So there are, there's two different, again, there's always two different ways this can go. Mm -hmm. I can be polite even if I'm not inclined to be polite ever in life. I can be polite and say, no, sir, I do not want your groin thrusting against mine while I'm on this dance floor Mm -hmm. trying to get it in Mm -hmm. because I'm not into it. Mm -hmm. So I can say that with my body and then you're not listening to that. Cool. I can say that with my mouth as politely as possible and you may or may not listen to that. But I also realize that if, if I do what I what I know I'm capable of doing, which is just to turn around and be like, absolutely not, please stop touching me, who knows? Who knows what could happen? And this is probably why I get myself into all these situations in New mm-hmm. York. I've been attacked on these streets more times than I would like to even admit to, simply because sometimes I don't have the ability to just say, no, thank you, please leave me mm-hmm. alone. And then it becomes violent. And that's how people can get killed. And luckily, I'm still here to be able to say that. But yeah. it ain't about, it's not about me. It's about them. It's like they think that I need that in that moment. Yeah, that's wild. And it's also what is different about Yuzi approaching someone. It's like, I, I think a lot of men don't realize how dangerous we can be or present ourselves even when we don't, you know, like you were saying, right? Like, Fuck your intentions that people get kidnapped and killed and all sorts of things happen. Uh, So I think part of like why you're able to approach that person is because you're not, how can I put it? You're not, even if you present as masculine, which I've seen you present at times, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the power difference is not. In such, it's not, it's not so unbalanced that you present immediate Mm. danger. You know what I'm saying? Potential. And, and I think too, like, Oh, I'm thinking about this though. What what happens when it's a woman? Because mm-hmm. often for me, men are themselves and <laughs> haven't had the ability. Like only a few men I can say have truly like assaulted my body, mm-hmm. right? And that fucking sucked. But I was also able to be like. Nigga, do you know I will report you? Like, I will absolutely dead you right now. It won't be hard. And then they go home. And it's like, that's what I say. I'm like, my daddy a lawyer, my mama a lawyer. You're going you don't to me. get got. You get away from me. But remember that woman in Chicago at Avery's performance? Mm-hmm. I'm wearing this oh, little yeah. backless oh, dress. Yeah. And this old white woman, you know who you are. You <laughs> nasty old bitch. Yeah. You listen to her name. You, I don't know her you, name. I don't know her at all. I, don't know her. I just don't like her now because she came up to me and with both hands scooped up my whole booty what? and like squeezed my whole ass. Ooh. And I turned around and I went like, "Don't you fucking do that!" And she was yeah. like, "What? No, it's there." I was okay. like, and I literally said, "Do not do that." Yeah. See, don't get me started on white women at parties because that's like a parties? whole different. That's but that's like also a like level. a power imbalance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but and here's the thing too, right? So for me, when it's women, I've often been 
shocked at the way women will decide to treat me mm. and decide to approach me mm. because it's they often women have approached me who don't know me as if I am just aching to be fucked mm. as if I if that's the only thing I'm good for because mm-hmm. it's that it's that that queer paradigm like yeah. because I'm queer or queer presenting that I'm just a sex bot creature yeah. mm-hmm. like in Mississippi this little white girl run up on me put her whole mouth on my face I was like what the fuck is wrong with you she was like Oh, aren't you bi? And I was like, what, what is your name? Nancy. And if you don't like this, and you're just going to have a hard explanation ever. Aren't you bi? Aren't you bi? What? That's not an answer. Lick first. Also, that's not the later. question they're saying, yeah. right? Like, don't. what they're saying is like, don't you belong to me? Like, don't I, yes. don't I get what to? you needed? Don't I get right? Yeah. Isn't this what you're asking for? Mm-hmm. Looking like how you look and you know exactly, what I'm and it's it's the version of looking how you looking. And here's the thing: when I like for I think it's for the reason. So, however you decide to present that day, however I decide to present around men, I think a lot of men are afraid mm-hmm. by the way I present mm-hmm. because it looks very much like potentially not for them. Like the hairy legs, mm-hmm. the ball head, the beard. It's like maybe not for me, you are, even though I like whatever else is happening. Mm. But for women, it's like you're clearly doing all of that for me. Mm. You're clearly doing all of that so I come up mm. to you, so I grab your whole ass. And here's my thing I ain't doing shit dick for no one. Like mm. it's just me. Right. It's just me. And that's when it's like, like this one woman, like just women who be asking me to like buy them shit. I don't know them. Like I'm at the store buying coffee. Buy me one. No, go home. <laughs> go home. You broke. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> Who is yeah. in a bodega? Wait, is yeah. this okay? I just oh, I a bodega, but I'm gonna also just say it was Starbucks as opposed yeah. to a bodega. Simply, simply yes. Okay. And and here's my thing. It's <laughs> just kind of yes. like simply yes. My my problem is always <laughs> just like yeah, exactly. And my it's thing is like simply what what hurts yes. me too. And Ebony, I feel like. Uh, I would love for you to elaborate on this too. It's like the generosity I feel that I actually have, the love that I'm actually willing to give when it's Mm -hmm. warranted is massive. Mm -hmm. So if you were to come with any modicum of sanity Mm -hmm. or acrite, all this kingdom could be yours. All of it. All the Starbuckses. It sounds like what it is is that (laughs) if there's like any sort of power dynamic at play, the burden of proof is like on the person who's doing the soliciting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like the burden, like say you're talking about like men don't understand the like what they actually are carrying mm-hmm. in terms of just like how they're received. And so it's on them to communicate like, mm. I mean you no harm. Yes. You know, like you, d- you do not need to say yes. <laughs> I would like to say how I feel and yeah. then know how you like you have to err on the side of communicating that. Yeah. And I think, like, Ooh. that shouldn't prevent you from saying how you feel. No, right. But you should maybe walk into it with that understanding that, like, the burden of proof is on you. That, that you also, don't mean harm. I even walk in with the understanding, like, Shorty might cuss me out. Nice as I am. Sweet as I am. Thinking I am. Yeah. But you, like, gonna walk away yeah. as opposed to, like, hit her. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. that's... that to, So, this... What you're talking about, John, happens so... So few and far between. (laughs) It's so sad because I feel like I can remember every single moment where somebody approached me in a way that was respectful, Mm. that made me feel safe, Mm. and that actually made me feel good about myself in the moment. The idea that I am... Ooh, Lord. I'm uh -uh. (laughs) I'm (laughs) in my (laughs) 30s. 
Um, I'm youngish, and I can remember very specific instances where someone came at me, and I was like, I'm not available, or, you know, I'm not feeling you. However, what you just did, all of that right to there. Like, I will roll out all the red carpets just because you came correct in a way that made me feel like I didn't have to look around and make sure that everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to start puffing up my chest. I didn't have to feel like I need to be bigger than I am right now. I didn't have to reach for my purse. I didn't have to do any of that. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that in all these years, I literally, like, I can remember specific instances yeah. where gentlemen out at, this was at a um, Nationals in, oh, what was the last one I went to? Boston? Um, nope. Uh, when I was coaching the, oh Lord, I don't even want to say the, the, the slam team that shall not be named because it don't even exist anymore. The Voldemort team. The Voldemort team. Um, I was out there coaching them. And I remember it was like no uh, semi no shout outs, fuck that. Um, I was standing outside and in my usual sort of like, you know, I, I'm into the, the dress up mode. I'm yes. into like costume as life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all, I'm all dressed so up. and costume as life. Costume, yes. yes. <laughs> and I am standing on one side of the street. I see this young man, clearly younger than me. He's walking down the other side and I see him like stop. I'm like, oh, damn, what is he talking about? <laughs> I'm already like, oh, I just want to, I'm standing here. I don't want to like, do this with what? you today, sir. <laughs> Please just keep Ease going. on down. I don't want to do this. No. But I see him. I see his little head swivel. Not little. His Lord. little head swivel. <laughs> he he walks across the street. And he, he and I'm talking to someone else. So I'm seeing this out of the corner of my eye. And he walks in. He's like, okay, I, I'm sorry. I, do, I don't mean to interrupt. And I don't mean to. He used the word impose. And I was mm. like, mm, yes. Okay. I don't mean to impose. But I just wanted to let you know, you look beautiful tonight. Like the hair, everything is so well put together. And he said, and you have a nice night. I just, I just felt like I needed to say that. I was like, oh, (laughs) excuse, what? And you know what? It's so much, (laughs) excuse me, what's your name? Excuse me, sir. Wait, sir, sir. (laughs) It's so much scarier to say that. It's so much yeah. scarier in the body yeah. to vulnerably I say that he was than to walk up and be like, "Was good, man." Hey, but like, I felt like Beyonce. <laughs> you know, like because that's totally not a vulnerable act. I remember when I told Maggie how I felt like the very, very first time Yay. I was like looking in a bathroom mirror. I was so fucking scared. Oh. I like was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Like she was over at, at uh, my like apartment. Mom spaghetti moment. <laughs> exactly like that. Okay. I like literally was staring into the mirror like, oh my god, face. I can't. I like I'm, I'm gonna die one way or the other. <laughs> like we've been hanging out for a week and a half, and oh. I just like need to fucking say this. Like, and so I walked beautiful. out, and literally like she saw the look on my face and was like, oh my god, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But it was like, you know, we've been hanging out for a while. It's been so good for me. And if that's like just friendship, then like I am so down for that. And I'm like grateful for it. But I can't move forward without offering that like this is how I feel, you know? And like that's truly one of the scariest things I've like ever done in my life. It's so beautiful. And I think, but I, I, I think it is. I think of all of the other places where I failed to do that, maybe not as graphically as some of the examples that we're using, but like Mm -hmm. still a failure. Mm -hmm. And like, 
I just like can see how being able to do that was built on the backs of some of the places where I failed yeah. in the past, you know? I don't quite know what to do with that information when I see others failing and growing mm. in the same way that I'm failing and growing in other But some people don't places, fail and grow you know? is the problem. Because that's, 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 that's what fail. I was trying to explain. To, so just like circling back to this epic night in Queens at this beautiful bar and like all these things are happening and it just feels like complete chaos. And at some point I was just like, you know what? There are some really terrible people in the world. Mm. And I could sit here and explain why they're being terrible in this moment, but they're probably going to wake up and still be an ain't shit person. Yeah. So like, what is the point of me wasting my breath when, you know, you may or may not grow from this experience, but why does it matter to me? Cause I'm probably never going to see you again. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. my, my wishes are for that. Everyone that I have an encounter with that is, it is negative or has some sort of you know, tension around it that maybe they learn from it, but inevitably there's like not a whole lot of intelligent people in the world. No, there's not. Mm. You know, my mom's friend has an expression like it's a small world for black folk that can read and write. Like, Mm. and I mean, that's like laden with history also and not entirely our fault, but I think it's extended like beyond the ability of, you know, accessing words. It's just like being able to access emotional intelligence Mm -hmm is like because you don't need to read for that i actually think that's that's it yes yeah intelligence emotional intelligence as opposed to like book smart yeah or even like street it's just like Mm -hmm. oh i'm feeling from you that you'd rather be alone yep do you know what i mean like and to trust that like an intuitive thing is information Mm -hmm. you know which like we don't enforce in this like country probably like most places in the world do not enforce like if you it's always like if you see something say something yeah. it's never like if you feel that that's like feel mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like like from your gut to your brain is one big crazy nerve and so like if you feel like it's wrong it's probably wrong yep. you don't mm-hmm. have to know why and I, and i think too a lot of like trying to talk to i just now call them like strangers because mm-hmm. that's what they are even if they're attractive they're strangers mm-hmm. like i've been a stranger to someone mm-hmm. and even it, like i remember walking to your house one time to do this very podcast john and this one dude walked up next to me and i tried something quite new he was just talking <laughs> <laughs> wait he just walked <laughs> like as though you were friends Wait. Like, have you seen the last episode yeah. of Love and Hip Hop? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Close, close. He, he literally said, like, "Hello, how are you, Miss? You just looking so well, all right." And he just kept speaking <laughs> because here's what I did. All I did was just smile at this nigga, and it was still daylight, and I still had this big brass knuckle ring. So I was like, "Look, if it comes to it, I will bust your ass in front of John's house." However, I don't think it will. However, I haven't taken any fight knowledge, so this is all instinct at that point. So yeah. I don't want to go there. But I just smiled at this dude. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't a big smile. It was just like, mm-hmm. You gonna go home yet? Like, and he just like, smile. He was like inviting me to stuff and telling me about his plans for his life, his art business. Wait, did, he, did he invite you to a poetry reading? Though? Art no, no. Did he invite you to the slam? He invited well, me to the gallery opening. People Ooh. always use the art angle. Art, yeah. Well, they, they see, they, they decide, yeah. oh, these, this is art right That's here. That's the art. I gotta come with my art shit. Mm-hmm. So now I got a mixtape. Like, look at the crates. I got a mixtape. Now tape. I do paintings. Oh. 
I know B Capri has some great um, has some great hot takes on the mixtape dudes that aren't even hot takes. They're just like SoundCloud niggas, please to the left, oh. just just to the off of away from me. Wait, we're on SoundCloud. Well, I know we are, <laughs> but we're also on the iTunes. That's true. That's you know true. Right. We're just simply on everything so that other SoundCloud niggas can get put on this. We are multi-platform niggas. But here's my thing. It's I'm like definitely <laughs> But yo, like he just kept talking, kept talking, kept walking, kept walking, kept walking, and I didn't say anything. And it was like ten minutes of him monologuing and it was the funniest shit of my life i was like wow i could actually be anything mm. like a wall a squirrel mm. another bitch like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter, matter. It doesn't <gasps> matter. Oh, as yeah. long as i'm a shiny thing mm. you will talk at it and so if i'm just the it that you've decided me to be if i'm just literally the mm. functional non-humane tool you will go away faster Cause I'm nothing then. Cause you're treating me like I'm nothing. You're treating me like I got no place to go, no mama to call, no, no nothing to pay. You know, yeah. it's just like, fine, I'll be the little nothing that you need for a second, yeah. and then I'm gonna go yeah. home. He was like, you're nothing. That means you're anything. <laughs> <laughs> I must keep going. Yes. <laughs> if you're water, yeah. then you're you also be an ice cube. Exactly. Yeah. Or vapor. What a malleable thing. <laughs> and yeah. I also learned a lot about a person who doesn't require actual conversation, mm. who could just do that. And especially if you're like a completely unknown person to me, and if you could just do that without asking any question. There were no questions. There were no questions unanswered. There was just simply no questions. Wow. It was kind of an outstanding moment. I'll say, have you ever set like communicated attraction to someone? <laughs> ever in your life? Yeah, yeah. In my life. Ever? Yeah. I mean, like, not, not like, I mean, just like public. You know, like someone you didn't know. Yeah. Oh man. So what should be doing out here? Mm-hmm. Tell me. Yeah. Yikes. Not to. Yeah. I'm gonna fight you. Uh, yeah. I mean, so before I had any sense, I. I remember there was a time when I was like, first had my my driver's license, and I thought it was like the funnest shit in the world to be like hanging out the driver's seat of my car and like say hello to like a no. woman at the bus stop. You know what I mean? I thought wow. I thought that was the bus stop. Yeah, yeah I'd be like, like I'd be like, she just trying to get to work on that. What would you say? Say, nothing of substance. Okay. Nothing. Nothing I remember. You know what I mean? It just be like, hey, shorty. <laughs> I like your jeggings. I really, yeah, really appreciate you doing good work with those, yeah. those leggings. You know what I mean? I want to commend your your dedication to the crap. Nothing of substance. You know what I mean? Uh, and then what? Well, and then I I remember, you know, going off to college and hearing these. Like hearing from women about horror stories, like some of the stories that that y'all have mentioned, and being like, oh, like really realizing that, like one that I had done that to someone, you know what I mean, and not liking that I had done that, that I had probably caused fear and panic and pain for someone, and so then for a while, like really, almost, and and so I, you know, I struggled for a long time finding out like how to be vulnerable in the approach a lot of times i would just play it real cool until a woman approached me that felt like the way that i could communicate like the most safety was like i'm gonna like give you the space and you decide like 
what you want. You know what I'm saying? I always think that's the smoothest, you know what I mean? Although I used to do that, and I feel like my friends, you, like, probably, as much as anybody, <laughs> Ebony, like, were classically, like, John has no fucking idea when people yeah. are into him. Yeah. Like, I would be like, no, I'm just giving everybody it the space. It was annoying. <laughs> Wait I know, until we've they known each other for like, like a decade. Am a I right? decade strong. A decade. Yeah. So like we had, there was like a, a heyday that happened. 2008. 2008. <laughs> no, 2008 was the year. And it was it like was, our little It was crew, the year. And we would just roam around and get into all these adventures and all. We just, just talking about how that was just, the last year that I saw the sunrise. Adam, yeah. Faulkner, Gina, and mm-hmm. Ebony, and I. Maybe Edmund Chavez was Edmund there. Edmund Chavez was there. And we Maybe. stayed yeah. up. He was there for at least part of the night. He was there because he came. Okay, nope. That's good. <laughs> Say it. No, <laughs> we'll, no, we'll cut it. I'll, I'll check him. I'm going to see him this week. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Edmund Chavez was there. He was really? there. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you're not going to pay. Uh, yeah, no. I, was, I mean, we, now it's awkward because we we'll cut that out. Actually, yeah. my mother knows this. That's my mother. It doesn't matter. I had a go-go dancing gig, and awesome. and Ed was there. That's actually not that big of a deal. No, so now you can no. cut out all the part where I'm fretting about I think we're just keep it. Yeah, dancing. That's like good radio. For okay, so <laughs> he was there, and then we went to the Bowery, and we're in. It's our little. It's it's our little crew. Me, you, Jean Ann, Adam, Adam Faulkner, Edmund Chavez. Am I missing anyone? That's it, right? That's it. 2008. Yeah. And we're at the Bowery. Back when the Bowery was like a dirty bathtub, basically. <laughs> Such a dirty bathtub. A dirty bathtub. And we were dancing and having a good time. And boop, it's, you know, three o'clock in the morning. We decide we are going to walk to see the sunrise. Yes. Near, I mean, I don't even know where we were. It was a football field. I don't know how we found a soccer field. I don't know. Oh, three in the morning. It's so early. What did we no, no, must no, have we done walked something. because we, okay, so we left. I remember we left the Bowery and we walked and there was the incident where I decided that I was going to get a piggyback ride from Adam. And Adam had his backpack on with his brand new laptop in it. And this was when we were all young and broke. He said I could... Look, it was consensual. (laughs) (laughs) He said I could get me a piggyback ride, all right? Okay? So, I jumped on his back. And I I feel as though we might be the same weight. Um, At that point in time, we were. So, I jumped on his back. He didn't take off the backpack? No! Nobody! Was like, oh, I don't know. Let me hold your this back. This is not a reasonable time. No. <laughs> okay. This is like even sober. This, this, this is, is how not y'all were living time. in 2008. This is how we were just, living. All right. So you jumped on his rides. back. I jumped on his back, <laughs> and I was apparently Piggy my weight was rides. more than he could handle, and we both fell backwards. This was in front of the Dunkin' no. Donuts. On okay, what's the worst Dunkin' Donuts? On Delancey? Is it yeah, Delancey? Is it is. Or it's right off Delancey. There, okay, we. I know there was a duck because I remember seeing the sign as I was on my back. No, you're like laying on the ground. I'm laying on the ground. Adam's backpack is on top of America me. America runs on Dunkin'. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're looking like wow. America runs on Dunkin'. <laughs> I don't know what I'm running on right now. Right? I'm not Dunkin'. And I, That's we broke his. I'm not gonna say I because I'm not gonna take. I was not gonna take them. Yeah. Consensually, yeah. Yeah. consensually, collaboratively, collaboratively, we broke like his that. laptop. Yes. His new laptop was broken. I think we figured it out immediately. <laughs> it's a miracle if that happened, and we were still like we're going to a high school <laughs> and football. We still field. went. We went to also, a high school what a, football. What field. a great. Where sport. does that even live? What a Why great sport Adam was. He had his <laughs> he had his laptop broken. He was like, oh. 
No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just go watch the sunrise. You know when you're part of a night that's really special, (laughs) you don't want to be the one who fucks that up, who's all of a sudden mad. You're like, "Uh, it's 4.30 in the morning. And he knew I was broke. I was probably, I probably ain't had no place to live at that point in time. So he knew there was not going to be any Mac top. Macintosh. Yep. Holler at me. Mm-hmm. You can I you pay me to coin that phrase yourself. Right. Send me coins uh, for yeah. Send me coins for coins and also a Mac top. That's well. But I had no Mac top money back then, so I think he knew that yeah. and wasn't trying to ask me for Mac top. Money. That dude right. is like the most gracious dude. Like I love, I love me some Adam Faulkner. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. always yeah, you and forever. Go back and listen to his Poetry Guys yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. It was terrific. Very good. Uh, how did you end up in the city? You're from Florida, am I right? Oh, no, John, don't do this. <laughs> Why are you putting this out in the world like this? No, I'm not true? from no motherfucking Florida. <laughs> Wait, Where are you from? I'm from the Bronx originally. Okay, here we go. I'm All from right, the Bronx originally. I was Where in the Bronx? Tracy Towers, North okay. Bronx. Okay. It's people now I say Tracy Towers and people are like oh like in the all the hood novels because apparently all the hood novels are set in Tracy Towers. I'm really whatever. upset that they say hood novels. Uh, yeah, hood novels are a thing. I, um, I, <laughs> I read like them. Of them. Hello, They're why great. not? Yeah. It's a nice distraction from the real world. Truly. And um, so my dad worked for Nestle, um, <laughs> Nestle USA, so chocolate and all that kind of stuff. Right. And. Um, there was a thing where like my parents are both from New York and they didn't want me going to school here. So for a long time, what we would do, my grandmother lives in Westchester in New Rochelle and we would use her address so that I could go to school in New Rochelle. So you would okay. bus from the... No, my dad would get up and drive from the Bronx to New Rochelle so that I could go to school. Like five in the morning? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't remember these days, but... Wow. That's love. Yeah. So drive because... He knew what it was. Like, education is really, really, really important in my family, which is odd that they just let me go on and become an artist and, like, <laughs> it's a certain education. not go to college for real things. Um, so, yeah, I, and I've, I've lived in Jersey. I spent a lot of time living in Teaneck, New Jersey, which is right mm-hmm. across the bridge, which is mm-hmm. where all the black people, they get a little bit of money mm-hmm. and want to re-up and, like, stunt on people. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they go to Teaneck. So I love Teaneck. Yes, Teaneck or Englewood. Um, shout out to T-Neck. Shout out to T-Neck. Um, my mother still lives out there, so that's. Um, and then I, I actually lived in Florida for two two and a half years, in, right outside of Tampa, little military town, and it just was it was not you know it was my last couple years of high school and I just needed to come I needed to be somewhere where I didn't have to. I always felt like I kind of like plasticized. I, that's a word, right? Yeah, plasticized. it's a good word. Like I felt, you know, I was a I was a drama nerd, and I, you know, I was the the president of the Thespian Honor Society. Dude. Oh dang! In high school. Yeah. I yeah. feel like the room just changed a little bit. But like even even in all <laughs> you didn't know what you were sitting next to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh my god! The president. I just let it be known. So he just <laughs> carried his leg to cross his legs. <laughs> So I found I found the weird kids in Florida. I found the weird kids, and they made me feel somewhat comfortable. But then, like, there's still it's still the South, and so there's still gonna be moments where I'm in drama club popping off because someone said nigga, and now we Mm. fighting. And I could not. I was like, this is not like I want to be this. I'm doing. I'm like waving my arms in a weird like Shakira way to to signify (laughs) that I wanted to like be out and 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 be able to express myself and be open and be who I am. 
but I couldn't I couldn't do it in the South. Mm-hmm. Even though people don't see Florida as the South, it's the South. It and it's so actually south. the most Southiest place in the South, as really? far as I'm concerned. And were you writing poems at that time, or were you just I in was. drama? You were writing monologues. What was? I was writing po- angsty. Oh, good. I should have just brought some of the like they're amazing Yo. because they're such trash. But like these Love like it. five page angsty like. Poems for for my for my ex. You ain't shit. And you <laughs> to Six Flags Great Adventure, and you ain't take me. And Woo. I am the light of the world. Like wow, really? You say it like that, and then like all the coffee shop. Also, we saying really poems great. back then. All we had was like all these little like poems. clack clack. Like Yes. <laughs> what a great poem. Yo, if you have not listened to Sal Williams, Shaklak Clack, go listen to Shaklak Clack. All the way down. Were you guys into the Big Rube like interludes on the Outcast albums? Oh. Big Rube is like the one person oh. in the Dungeon family who used to have like a deep voice no. and like like would always yeah. say a poem. Yeah. No. Oh, God. No? no? No. It was like the only poem I would I wow. had in my atmosphere and was like, Wait, oh man, this sounds stupid. Here's a quick random question. Who's who's the best poet to be featured on a rap record? Oh Ooh. my goodness. Or maybe not the best poet, but who has the best poem on the rap record? Oh, oh you know the one? Denez on like Macklemore. It was like... Was he on that project? It was in the performance. Because he, he tried to find Jamila, a good poet. Jamila was on the song, but then right. on like the performance I think on that the was Tonight just Show. Alright, well that would be yeah. nice. I got one though. You remember the one? I have one. Uh, Kanye has this song. That's the one. And you know the dude, he's like, no. and my J- sound Ivy. comes yeah. out. Yeah. Like, yeah. that dude, he was great. If I was on the highest cliff. Yes, yes. It was, I was emotional. You down. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Can I, you may have to cut this down. You may have to cut this out. I lost a gig to that I lost a gig to that man. I lost a gig. What happened? How? Look, I don't you were like supposed to do the show and then that look, song dropped. Yes, then, I'm not ooh. even playing. Okay. Really? So this is back. I used to tour, you know, somewhat heavily back before I popped the child out of my body. Um, and now I can't do things like that, which is fine. But I was touring and there was a college gig. I do not remember the college. I do not remember a whole lot of details about this. But I do remember that we're, I was already going to be in that city. So we were in talks. It was supposed to be like an easy, I'm here. Let me, I'll just drop it and do this. And they're like, yes, we would love to have you come out. Everything is set up. And then at the last minute, they were like, um, we found another feature for the night. Actually, he's only going to be in town for a short period of time. And they said his name. And they were like, oh, you know him. He's what is from, his name? I don't Jay remember. Ivy. Jay, Jay Ivy. Ivy. Jay Ivy. Come on, yo. They're like, he's only in town for a limited time. How would you feel about? I was like, I don't live in the Midwest. I'm not going <laughs> to sit around and wait for back to this random ass college just to read you a couple poems for a couple bucks. Like, we're not doing that. So you give Jay Ivy that. You give him that money. Because wow. <laughs> I know it's already more money than you ever would have offered Boy, me any day. Do you yeah, re- do you know his other work? I just no, remember seeing him on no. Death Poetry Jam, and he came out, and I was like, "Oh my god, I fucking love this!" Is the dude from the Kanye song, yeah. and but then he came out and read the same poem no. that he read on the Kanye song, and I just instantly let you down. I was like, "Why would you take it from like saying it behind this most incredible right. beat?" To all of a sudden doing it a cappella and Which also like, you, like why wouldn't you bring another you must have written something else like that. Must yeah. you have? 
Yeah. I mean, that's my guess. I don't want to throw. See, I, 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 yeah, I don't know Jay. But you know, I don't know Jay Ivy's work, man. I'm not trying to. That's a great song. He's a public figure. I'm just saying that was a great fucking poem. Also, J. Ivy from Chicago. Oh, that's right. But you know how Chicago is Wait, don't wait. Oh, you ain't never had nobody come on this show and challenge you about Chicago. Listen, here's the show's opinion about Chicago. Chicago is the capital of the universe. You know what I mean? That is that's just the truth. It is what it is. All right, so mm-hmm. you're you're writing poems, but they're I, angsty yes. poems. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, yeah. You don't want it. You don't want it. Look, I'll Chicago. Yeah, when you came to New every York, every day is the day for Chicago. Or when you came back home. Yes, uh, I came back where here. Was, did you? I remember you were on the New Eurekan team in mm-hmm. 2007. <gasps> that was the team that went on final. We were on final stage it? together that oh, year. I don't remember that year. No, that was the year when the New York team's mic got cut out. <gasps> we tell that oh, story. Oh, poetry! Oh. Come on, it's ten years. Let's take it out of the vault. It was oh, clearly. Okay. Was it two thousand? It was two thousand. It was definitely two thousand. No, it was two thousand seven. I was on that louder arts yes, team. Yes, because I didn't start going New to New York until two thousand and six. I was in. I was studying oh theater and and all that kind of stuff, and it was just like not not the thing. Like it just didn't feel good. And so that's how you found the New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the official way. I never even. I I never really heard of the New Yorkian. Um, I knew New Yorkian as a term for like a New York Puerto Rican, but right. I didn't know it was a place. And my roommate at the time, uh, Christina Wren. You can catch her in like. The Superman films and shit. She was oh, oh shit! Wow. She's well done. Exactly. Like I know Superman yeah. by proxy. That's awesome. um, Never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, that was my roommate, and she had a poetry writing class that she was in, and I had taken a semester off mainly because they wouldn't let me register because I hadn't paid um, for my last semester. Uh, so I was that's taking some time off, <laughs> aka broke. <laughs> And she invited me to come out. Her whole class, the whole poetry class, mm. is going to the New Yorkian. And so kind, also. there was like, I think it was a Wednesday night slam. I think Nathan P was still hosting. Wow. wow. Was he hosting the Wednesday nights? That must have been. It had oh, to have been. Wednesday. Wait, wasn't he hosting the Fridays? When did Mahogany Who was take hosting over Wednesdays? Because I know there was a. I know Nathan P was hosting something. I know Mahogany. I feel like Nathan P was hosting. Wednesdays and then Mahogany was on Friday. I don't. I don't mm. remember what it was. I think Mahog. Didn't she just celebrate her ten years at the New York? Yeah. 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 She yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Which I think was uh-huh. last year. I last think that year. was two thousand six mm-hmm. that that happened. All right. So yeah, there we go. It's so a beautiful celebration. Shout out to Mahogany. Shout out to Mahogany. Mahogany L. Brown. Really, oh, probably yeah, the yeah. best host. I think maybe unquestioned the best poetry host of all time. Period. I learned everything I know yeah. about shit talk yeah. from Mahogany L. Brown. Yeah. yeah, you should check out her two-part episode yeah. on the podcast if you haven't yet. Go ahead. She has two parts. She's mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so you so I, I show up at the slam. I sign up. I have you like, signed up. I signed up. I don't Did know. you know you were gonna sign up, or were you just like oh, I'm gonna I sign know, I was, up? I knew I wanted to read some poems because I'd been writing again. Like I was in theater school. I was. I was just kind. Of, it was. It's just not, it was not fun at certain points in time. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is I would spend a lot of time in classes, you know, everyone's eh, check off and all that kind of shit. And I would sit there and like, just write. I also journaled a lot. So then my mm-hmm. journals became poems. What studio were like, you in? You know it was <laughs> Stella Adler Studio. Why'd they do that to you? Because they were like, oh, that's where all the pretty people are, as oh, they yeah, said. And then I was like, but they're all ugly inside. And that's also, so there's that. They should have put you in the I was not a Stella Adler 
person. I should have been in some place where I could like spend a day naked, like at the experiment. Wait, is it like the sorting hat? Is it like yeah, Hogwarts? Yes, it is. Yeah. We went to Hogwarts. Really? Uh huh. NYU really Theater like School. You go to what? You get accepted. Am I getting this right? And, yep. You and get accepted into Tish, and then they decide based on who you are as an actor, who you are as a person, who you are like like where you need to be. So the the weird kids. Playwrights Horizons. Playwrights Horizons or Experimental Theater Wing. Um, the more like we could do classical Shakespeare in the park, very very tall like statuesque men and and very tiny women. Mm-hmm. They go to Adler. They go to Meisner. Um, Meisner. Um, uh, or or when they still had Strasbourg, they would go to Strasbourg. Strasbourg. Are but there people who are like rooting for one and then yes. the other? Yeah. Okay. No, so battles. here's the tea, right? And then there's the musical theater people. Oh, and, oh God. Nobody talks about that. Yeah. We try to hide the. We're gonna cut that. We try to hide the theater. You gotta do your impression of an NYU theater kid. Wait, no, there's so many there's so though. Many, but there's, okay. at least there's so many though. Yeah, oh I just remember you doing one I that did was like. Used to <gasps> Damn, I wish I could remember. All right, but you we'll know, know what? Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're fine. Just um, so the playwrights kid. So I'm a playwrights Horizons kid, mm-hmm. and this means so. I'll just give you like a brief synopsis of what this has meant to me cool. and what it means to me now. So at the time, it meant to me this. I thought I was going to go there and learn how to like write plays and act in my plays and direct the plays. And then they told me in the first week, like, oh, my God, are you excited for the naked party? And I was like, what the mm. fuck is a naked party? Yep. And why did you tell me this in my letter? Yeah, and not- <laughs> they were like, well, you have a design class. You get to like draw people and you get to draw each other still life. Oh, so we had a fucking naked party mm-hmm. and if you ever been in a room full of 20 naked people just drawing shit it smells disgusting you rent rooms for this bullshit yes. and you had to pay for the rent in the room I was like this is some white people nonsense so that's playwrights right. um, and there's also a lot so of so what like, does it mean to you now so what it means to me now is that playwrights is a place where you are able to discover um, you're the kind of artist that has an overarching thing to say. Mm-hmm. And it's really just about like how you're going to say it. Mm-hmm. You could be a director. More there. Yeah, yeah, activism. It's also like you, you, you could be a playwright, actor, director, you mm-hmm. just don't know yet. You yep. could be a designer, you just don't know yet. But you have this thing. So they get you to your thesis mm-hmm. because you are in always an artist. Mm-hmm. You could just leave there and be an electrician, but you are an artist. You know, the light bulbs you make are your light bulbs, yeah, Which right? is actually, I should have been at that studio. You should have been at that studio. Yeah. And, and then there's actually a lot of, like, I hate to say the word felled, but I think unfulfilled musical theater kids go to playwrights. Mm. And they're like, I will write my own musical. And it's like, babe, Nothing sadder than that. experimental musical. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to sing. That's how experimental it is. Y'all think I, I haven't seen no this before? see it. There it's has literally been silent operas I've seen. Y'all don't know <laughs> sadness. Yo, can I just say, I would fuck up a silent <laughs> opera. I big mouth this shit. I'd be like... I, yeah. Only it only if it's set entirely in your car when you're like 15 yes. years old and that's you're, that's and you're silently point. singing but not singing because yeah. it's and silent. See, and I love that story. sounds like a dream that Jose has now. He's but like, I'm driving and I put my head out the window and I can't hear my voice. <laughs> no, but <laughs> y'all, like but that's yeah. like at its best, playwrights, that would have been a devised piece, right? You had to make 13 minute devised pieces. Yep. Use like fulfilling a black box theater, however mm-hmm. you saw fit. So right. like some of my friends could discover like oh, I'm really just into LED lights. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the thing I'm into right now. <laughs> so here we are. And then 
My friend that Hannah Collenbach, like... shout out to Hannah Collenbach, changed the whole black box theater into an LED light show. Like it was gorgeous, like Ooh. strange gorgeousness, right? For me, it was like, you know, like right now I'm, I'm really into poems. And so it was like, I make like a one woman show or I hire right, right, all my yeah. friends and like we just do, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of shit. So that's playwrights. It's just right. like, you're into what you're into. All right. So. Yeah. Oh You're, my, okay, so, so you, do this, on NYU. you do the slam. Yes. yes, yes. I go, I do the slam. Do you win? <laughs> okay, no, I didn't. And if we want to talk about like losing gracefully, I had not, the thing is you like, lost terribly. I, I lost you like, and I stole, this shit. I'm not even going to tell you who I lost to. He's not even in the poetry scene anymore. Ooh. He's not in the poetry scene anymore. But oh, wow. like, it was nah. one of those moments where it was like, I didn't know po. I didn't. I didn't know poetry. That like I didn't. Right. Know, I hadn't studied anything. I hadn't yeah. really read a ton of poetry. I just knew <laughs> how to. I knew how to like put words together in a way that made people feel something. And the that dramatic was, like, tension is killing. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I did. Oh god, this is terrible. You stormed off. You were, they didn't call you. And though you were like, gifted. I just remember seeing that the first time I saw you. I was like, Look. holy fucking shit! Like wow. she's gifted. She's Aww. got the gift. Like, when Ebony would walk in the room, people would be like, oh, it's over. Yeah. Like, people who had hoped to win the slam were like, all right, I'm, like, competing for second. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. I lost to this this gentleman um, whose poems, he he had poems, he had poems. Uh And, um, you know, they do the whole, like, bring everyone back on stage or bring the last, I think it was, like, bring the last two on stage or something like that, Uh which is even worse. And I didn't know how anything worked. I didn't know how okay. how scores worked. Anything so like that. So it's you and this person. It's me and this person. Top and two. Top two. And I, and I lost. I lost. But the way you know what it was, the immediate reaction was like, <laughs> I'm a theater student, so it's like, oh, I'm clutching my chest. <laughs> <laughs> you did the I did it like, oh, you, you man. Were like, Oh wow! Good job, buddy. Like I'm doing the fake shit because, yeah. like, what else am I? I, I don't well, even know what sad. I'm doing. Yeah. And then I was sad. And I was like 20, yeah. Yeah. 21. Right. I was. Oh wow! I should have been way, like, way. You weren't past fake. All you were undiscovered. No. I didn't know what was going on. But then he's like, you know, he, he then then he's telling me how he, he's calling my poems cute and like. No, what he called your like, poems yeah, cute? Yeah. What? Yeah. On stage or? Which would be the the first time in that month where. Some some man referred to like, but in passing, not on some like I'm de- I have decided I'm gonna call your work cute, but for some reason that was a word that was used to describe my work, and it could mm-hmm. be it could be that I approach I approach my work with like you know it's a it's it's a sense of it's comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be up on stage crying all the time. I cry too easily, so I can't get up on stage and read. Sad poem after sad poem after sad poem. I don't want to go too deep in every single poem. Sometimes I just want to find like, what is the one moment of lightness in this epic, awful incident here? And like, I'm going to hang on to that because that's easier for me. And maybe that's something I need to explore with my therapist. But I'm not going to ever because yeah. i love comedy and i think that is a it is a way of surviving yes um so maybe that's why my work has been described using kind of trite words like cute um and no, it wouldn't be the first trying time to shit on you. yeah that's nobody who knows your work well it didn't even matter because no. i still got invited to a friday night slam because okay. nathan p was like you're still the shit and we're gonna bring you to slam on the big stage and that was the that was the beginning of it i ended up making that team that year wow. that year your mm-hmm. first year you yeah. made the team yep with aja monet who wow. oh my god tahani salah mm-hmm. wow uh, advocate of words wow. i don't know if he still goes by that name oh god what was 
And uninvited. Uninvited. That's right. Uninvited. Can you explain that? That's a great name. We gave him here's his he is he's an amazing, amazing man. Mm. I he he was like so kind. Just such a yeah, like a good one of those people where it's like he's just warm, man. And so it was always weird that his name, that his poetry name was uninvited because we were like, you can't, you always invited. <laughs> what are you saying? But his explanation for it, I don't remember the full thing, but he said it and we had to respect it and that was that. And what? we ended up at our first nationals, which was in Austin, Austin. Texas. Wow. It was my first nationals. That was your first nationals? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even, I don't think I really even knew you then though. We like crossed paths. At regionals mm-hmm. and then at nationals. I know I have some like drunken photos of like me, you, and yep, Aja. Definitely have like, on my like. Yep. Yo, this photo. Facebook. Remember when? Yeah, it's like yeah, ten years ago. ago. <laughs> yes. No shout outs. Anti shout outs to Facebook memories. No. <laughs> Bringing up things. It's the worst. Don't need. Don't need to remember that moment, Facebook. You're only having a good day. And yeah. like, I've just, I've won the day. And then I sit down and it's like, oh, let's look at this photo of your first date with your ex-boyfriend. Look at that. How happy you were then. Look at you now. <laughs> look at you now. Why? That's the subtext. Why? And look at you now. <laughs> I'm not getting paper. Yeah. yeah. And they're always like, hey, you've been friends with this person for eight years. Here's two photos of the two of you together and like a lot of Facebook like motion photographs. Yeah. Anybody, does anybody yeah. talk about this? How it's garbage like those slideshows are? They're trash. the worst slideshows ever. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so wait, wait real quick. I want to hear the story. Oh, New York oh my God. makes okay. it to the final stage yes. at Nationals mm-hmm. and they cut your mics? Okay. John, Did y'all, were y'all like, this is some, there's a conspiracy okay. against wait, wait, wait. New York it, it was huge. Was Mahogany the coach? Mahogany yeah. was coaching. This is oh such a big deal. John, you might have to help me tell this story because I don't necessarily know because it was so long ago. I don't know either. All I know is that... Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. okay yeah. Okay, you, okay, do okay. It. you do it. You do so it. So we make it to the final it. stage and George we're all... George Bush cut the mics. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that line was in somebody's poem in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we had a George Bush poem. No, there was a really fucked up sound guy yeah. who was at the like final theater. Okay. Okay. Here's, okay. here's, here's, here's the facts. Here's the facts. Who's okay. that? Who's Listen, on final stage? I got it. I got it. I got it. I remember. I remember. I don't know who the fuck. Oh wait. Okay. So I know it was, was on final. It was New York, New York Denver, Louder, uh, Colleen. Colleen, Texas. Colleen, Texas. Colleen, Texas. Yo, Colleen used to clean things up. Charlotte, Charlotte. you won. All right. Charlotte, Charlotte. North North Carolina. Carolina. North Carolina. Chicago, Illinois. No. Just Mm -mm. always present. They weren't there. No. Sorry. Sorry. Just try again. All right, go ahead. All right, we got the team. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw that sneakers in there. You tried it, okay. You tried it. It wasn't even the slam team. It was just the city of Chicago. All of Chicago proper. Was on final stage. That's what I thought. I remember being there. No, no you're not there. You were not there. You were hollering hollering at women at bus stops. (laughs) That was really (laughs) what I was doing, unfortunately. I apologize (laughs) deeply and profusely. You are practicing poems. That is what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we make final stage. This final stage. We make final stage. And the issue was that we had, we were, we barely made it through semis. Okay. So we had burnt all our, like, all of our good group pieces were done. Aja and I had a banger that's probably not even a banger, but 
it was a banger then. Right. And right. that was how we got through. But we got we threw that, and that's how we got through semis. Was so you had no had poems do, left. We had nothing left. Tahani had a solo piece that at the last minute we were like, we have talked about making this a group piece. Let's just make it a group piece. Let's make it simple. We'll do some of it backstage. We're just going to do like auditory experiential stuff, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a theater. So, yeah. you know, theater babies, come on now. So, Tahani is on stage. She starts her poem, but we had told the sound people that we were going, the other poets were going to start from backstage. So we needed the mics on, even though, the, even though they were backstage. So Tahani's out there doing her poem. And at the point where we're all supposed to join in and there's like this kind of um, atmospheric thing that's happening, we start speaking. It's still just Tahani because Tahani's mic is the only one that's on, right? Wow. So we're panicking backstage trying to get them to turn on these mics. This sounds so petty because it was so hard. It's everything though. You gotta understand if you're on final stage, the whole Nationals is constructed so we that if you're on final stage, so you think hard. it is the only thing. Yes. You're like, this is the only thing we've ever fucking... Yo, can I just say, I'm, I'm imagining this happening today. Like, the Twitter... Oh, yeah. yeah. If there were Twitter, like, there would have oh, been... They cut the bugs. Over. They cut the bugs. And it would have been happening live because what ended up happening was we're yelling at this dude to turn on our mics. He ends up turning them on. So at, at a certain point, we're, we're like, you know, okay... Here we are. It's poetry. It's 2008. Groupies. <laughs> We're no. now all talking and walking out no. onto the stage to join Tahani in this massive chorus, right? Yeah. And as but you we were weren't walking, supposed to come on stage. We were supposed to. Okay, but they so were finally, supposed to. Have known they get beforehand. the mics on, but you're hearing the mics click on, on, on. You're hearing the mics come on, Oof. and you're also hearing like background noise because like half of our Oof. mics were on and the other half wasn't. So you're hearing people still like freaking out and you're hearing us doing poems. So we walk out on the stage to join Tahani like we were supposed to. And all of a sudden you start hearing like this, like the boom of a mic getting cut out. Like there's just like a this booming so sound. Stressful. I don't know what, I'm not a sound person, but it's just like, I don't know whose mic went out. I just know that you're hearing like boom, boom, boom. And you're hearing mics go out and people didn't know what was happening. People were confused as to whether it was a group piece or not. Right. <laughs> like, Dang. And so again, this was our, all, this was all of our, all of our first time in the nationals. Wow. Mm. I think everyone was starting out at that point in time. I mean, Aja had been in like, you know, Youth Slam and yeah. stuff like that, but, yeah, yeah. and Tahani as Tahani well. Too. So they were coming out of the Youth the mm. youth Slam. I was, I was never a part of that, even though I right. was, you know, young yeah. enough that like, maybe I could have. Mm-hmm. But we were just, we went backstage and like, we were heartbroken. Mm. There were tears. I think mm. back on it, I'm like, oh man, I want to hug those, I want to hug those kids. Yeah. I want to hug the me and the, the Aja and the, the Tahani of, of, of that day because it was heartbreaking because of all the work and all the anxiety that went into it and because this is the first time we're presenting our work to what we saw as the entirety of the poetry community right, right, right. and not knowing that that's not really what it is but that's what it was so right. that's what it was yeah. Yeah. and then there's just like this there's a like an argument that breaks out backstage because the sound guy is being disrespectful and then because there's a lot of chaos they call the police what oh my God. you know there can't be more than one black person railing about something in one building they called the police i didn't know that yes so <laughs> so nationals was lit 
Although my memories are of the after party. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't remember that after party. They had, had an ice. Of, they had a vodka slide. It was like a they vodka, had a vodka slide. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Explain. Yeah. Yeah. Explain. You, is it a for? A are you talking about like a slip and slide? No, no, no. Oh, oh shit. With that fucking vodka. That's what I thought. Okay. No, no. Okay, so like, what happened? you know, like in the in the in the clubs, where, like Vegas, white people clubs. So like the where they'll have like. Um, it's an ice sculpture that has a slide built into it, but not like a person slide. Your body cannot be on it, but the liquor can be on it. Oh. So from the top, they pour the liquor down, into your mouth. and by the time it slides into your mouth, it's nice and chilled. It's sexy. oh, so it's like like grown beard. You know the, the yes, what do you call that? it's like it's um beer um, funnels do yeah. for like sexy people. Yeah, for sexy people, but also yeah. It's really, really nasty when you yeah, see 25 poets put their mouth to a block of ice and uh, suck vodka out of it. I don't fuck with vodka so, to begin everything with. Everything you personally. just said makes me never want to talk but to also, anyone again. But also, I might never go to a poetry slam now. No, I think no, I, I, might, think so. I uh, think I might never be near ice again. Yeah. I think it ruined ice. I think I'm good on that. I'm really curious. I think we have time for like one more question mm-hmm. uh, before we get to, to your... Not a poem that you're gonna do for us. Not uh, a poem. Uh, so I guess I'm I'm curious about when, what happened, and when did you transition from writing poems? When did you decide to get back into other types of writing, mm-hmm. and and where you're at now? Um. So I, I actually I started writing poetry around the same time that I started self scripting because I you know again what, I was what in, does self scripting mean? So, like, I'm in theater school, and, and I'm training to do Chekhov, and I'm training to do Shakespeare, and all right. of these very classical theater forms that just... Shout out to them. Shout out to them. <laughs> all the dead white men, the right plays, that we still do, for no reason. So many. For no so fucking many. reason. A lot of them. It just, it never, it never made sense for me, and I also realized very quickly, in, in starting to go to auditions and enter the life of an actor in New York... I was like, oh man, I'm always just gonna be the sassy best friend, or I'm always gonna be like the the, the black cashier that like is mad because you want paper and plastic, you know? Mm. So it's like, wait, that's really funny. <laughs> I I was so tired of it that I started self scripting, so writing monologues for myself. I'd go to auditions and do monologues I'd written myself, and they'd be like, oh, who wrote that? And I would make up a name, mm. like, oh, Sophia Sanchez. That's hilarious. <laughs> like just making making it up because I didn't want them to know that like I'm actually writing stuff that makes sense for me in this moment. Mm. Yeah. So I started doing a lot of devised theater, a lot of um, a lot of work that was geared towards creating uh, spaces for people like me. Mm-hmm. And so those were kind of running concurrently in the beginning, and then poetry became my community. So all my friends were poets, and everywhere I went, there were poets. So it, I stopped. You know, not stopped, but wasn't as involved in theater um, until you know I did. I, I toured. I did all the slams. I, I did that that thing for years, and then I had a child and had a lot more time to like just have to be still. And I can still write, but I can't like go. I can't fly out to Denver and read poems. I can't go out and like make my money that way. So then I started delving back into um, script writing screenplays I wrote a one-woman show that then became an eight-person show because I was eight months pregnant when the show went up that's awesome awesome. that show was so good it was fun Mm -hmm. I was very pregnant so it was fun for me so now I think we're gonna get into 
this piece. But I don't know how this is gonna work. We so do you want to take out right? the piece? In the okay, meantime, we'll, the we'll get people set up. Oh Lord, this could be a hot mess. It might be. Listen, it out. wherever you're we at. Also got shout out to Lily Perdomo. I not talk about if we don't talk you talked about Jack McCarthy let's be right. okay I'm gonna just say this because yeah. I don't actually know that I've ever said this to you there was a moment I knew your work like John introduced me to your work way back in the day mm. and I was at a reading I did so I don't know what it was it may have been a page me stage or something like stage. that you, you know what I'm talking about right where I went back to the bar and I sat down I do and you were and you were sitting there and you were like oh good work like and I said oh thank you and I kind of like sat back, ordered a drink. John goes, because he knew I was a huge fan of your work, but I'd never seen yeah, you. Yeah, because Evan, you gave like a, oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much to us. And so John was like, Ebony, Ebony, Ebony. That's why I like Bertawa. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And well, then I fantastic. just didn't do anything and felt uh, like an asshole for years. So like, here we, hey, go. Here we are. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Work. Okay. So wherever you're at, you need to put your hands together real loud. We're about to get into a world premiere exclusive. What? I don't know if those things are true. No. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yes, yes. Yeah. It, is. it is true. This stuff, it is true. Often it is it not is true. true. <laughs> you just be saying stuff. Why we A lot of times I just like to talk. Uh... We love when you talk. We're going to get into this scene. Is it a scene? What's the proper terminology? Okay, so this is, I think what we're going to do is we're going to do, I, I've been writing, I've been writing a, a bunch of, you know, pilots and, and uh, just some, some, some screen stuff and putting it out there, but not really putting it out there because like I'm lazy and terrified of the world. So this, I think we're going to do something from a, uh, a series that I'm calling Manic Impressive. Um, the, I love that. That's the background title. of it. Um, we must discuss. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so the first the first episode begins with a woman who is is uh, is being released from the psych ward of a hospital after having like a major epic sort of breakdown. Not from personal experience at all. No, uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. No, it would never be that, right? That's crazy. What is, what is personal experience? What is, what is, Everything I say is a fiction, I, really? TBH. I just, you know I'm, I'm not even here. <laughs> amazing ideas yeah, about this my... This is a performative eye. You know what I'm saying? This is a performative eye. I'm co-opting the stories of other people, right? Right. LOL. LOL. Okay. So she's be but but the the whole the premise is that she's you know she's a she's an Instagram star she like does tutorials and she has all of her shit together but she really actually doesn't mm-hmm. and this thing happens and so she's being released from this this uh, psych ward and is trying to walk back into the world like absolutely nothing occurred mm. and so How this long is was she in the ward? I'm just curious so I'm thinking it, you know like a like a nice seventy two hour hold but plus. Plus, some, plus, plus, plus time, some. yeah, yeah. Right, plus right. time. Like she didn't get out when she thought she was going. Yeah, get out. so she's like ready to go, and she mm. looks a hot mess, and she's very mm. much about her appearance, and very much about like how the world sees her, yeah. which is important when when the world sees you as being put together, and like you're actually just, you know, a derailed A train. Looks a, <laughs> oh, wow. not even an A train, a derailed like M train. Does an uh, M train even still uh, operate? Uh, Who knows? Who knows? Is there an M train? Yeah, I always only end up on the M. 
when I thought I was getting on the S. See? And then you like look up and you're in Bushwick. You're on so the deep <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the like, J and Z. Oh, That's yeah, a thing. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So like, yeah, we, we, we can read some stuff. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. We're going to read some has stuff. Has this ever been done on this show? No. This yeah. has never been done on this show. How do we do this? This is a first for the poetry gods. Whoop! Oh my god. Loud noise. So this is... Sorry, sorry Ebony. The pilot of... Oh wait, give it up every... Tell him to give it up. Alright, y'all, give it up for... Ebony Hogan! This is Manic Impressive. We see the dingy tiled floor of a tiny bathroom. Vampy music plays. Think the heavy 16 or something else. Thick with horns or bass. The camera is level with the backs of a pair of women, woman's ankles, a band-aid hanging off of her blistered heel, a hospital gown drops to the floor. She slowly steps into a massive pair of hospital-grade white mesh underwear. 30-year-old Nova Ledger splashes water on her face in slow motion. It is reminiscent of a Neutrogena commercial. We see her face reflected in the mirror. She takes her hair out of a rubber band, fluffs it up around her face like a Hollywood starlet. She brushes her teeth and rinses the toothbrush off. She then proceeds to use the same toothbrush to carefully sculpt her baby hairs. Nova reaches into a plastic bag and produces a cocktail dress reminiscent of something you might see on a Love and Hip Hop reunion special. She slips the straps over each shoulder and adjusts the neckline before taking a long look at herself in the mirror, blankly, almost painfully at first. Then she slowly angles her face, a woman who always knows how to find her light, even in a psych ward bathroom. (laughs) The door behind her is snatched open. Nurse Vega stands in the doorway, tight-lipped. I'll say this one more time. One more. Keep the door open. I'm curious. What exactly do you think is going to happen to me in this bathroom? Am I going to overdose on some liquid hand soap? You think about trying that? Oh, uh, no. Because, you know, I, I got to report suicide thoughts. I don't. Is that even possible? I've seen some things. I... I'm not at all considering hurting myself in any way. So we're just all squared away. I, it's just, I'm leaving as, as it is. My eyebrows are kumbayaing and I still like hot latex. I want to look, you, you know. Like a, like, a, like a prince protege. <laughs> Aren't you just delightfully shady today? Uh, Nova begins to exit the bathroom, but stops just as she is beside Nurse Vega. Vanity or Apollonia? Time for checkout. Take care of yourself. (laughs) The camera is on Nova's ankles again. This time her feet are clad in hospital booties, the ones doctors use during surgery. The vampy music is back with a vengeance. Nova saunters through the hospital hallway in slow motion. The camera's on her face as she walks. She smiles coyly at an unseen male orderly. She signs off on her discharge papers and makes her way into the elevator, waving like a pageant princess as the doors close. Title appears, Manic Impressive. Hmm. Interior, elevator. Nova turns on her cell phone. The screen is cracked. Immediately, a gazillion texts flood the screen. A text from Lizette. Answer the phone, I'm getting worried. A text from Brian. Is that you on channel nine right now? You you smoking at K9, K12? K12, that's the thing. K9 is a dog, K12 is a drug. From Tanisha, LOL, bitch, you insta-famous now. From Splash Daddy. Hey, sexy, this is Doug from the (laughs) car. 
A series of photo texts from Splash Daddy <laughs> slash Doug appear. Nice. He is large, bald, and bearded. The first is a selfie in a steamy shower, soap suds oh. on his chest. Another of Doug in a towel. The phrase, wait till you no. see my, written onto the glass of a steamed up mirror. Oh. Then as Nova gets a glimpse of a final photo, we see her horrified face as she gasps. Oh my God, why are you holding it next to a can of air freshener? Why are you holding a can of air freshener next to it? This is not my life. Okay, bye Doug. She deletes the messages and his contact info. You and your abominable genitalia have been recalled. <laughs> Another text comes through. This one has just been sent from someone listed as a baby. It a reads, baby. the nurse at the desk said you're getting discharged. I'll be waiting outside. Nova cringes, throws her head back in exasperation. Then she's in front of the hospital. As Nova exits, there is a tiny car, think Mini Cooper, waiting in the front that she immediately recognizes. In the car is Dean Barlow, handsome, in a plaid shirt and shades. He rolls down the passenger window. Nova! Nova! My Lyft driver is apparently one minute away, but have a blessed day. Just save the money and get in the car, Nova. I'm sorry, is there not a bitch on a bar stool somewhere that needs to, you to walk her home? Go and furl your cape elsewhere, Captain Save-A-Ho. Up, up, and away! You are in broad daylight dressed like a Maury show sexy <laughs> decoy. Hey, I will not be slut-shamed today. You and Clown Car need to move along. Her car pulls up and she jumps in. So now she's in the car. Nava? Nova. Ah, <laughs> short for Supernova? Nope, just the long form of my actual name. He glances back at her in the rearview mirror as he begins to pull off. Hey, uh, you look familiar. Uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I do hair and makeup tutorials. My daughter loves watching those things. Personally, I prefer my women natural. <laughs> right on. He looks again in the rearview, then turns all the way around, still driving. <laughs> Sir, it helps to see the road. He turns back around but continues excited. Wait, no, I know you. You're that girl from that viral video. Oh, shit. One of my posts went viral. This is crazy. You got some balls <laughs> on you, lady. Walking up in that office like that. Did you get arrested? I'm sorry, you must have the wrong person. No, it's you. Even got on the same dress. Hold up. Let me see if I can find it. He pulls out his phone and the car swerves as he tries to find what he's looking for. Nova is horrified. Maybe we, sir, maybe we don't die today. Ten and two. Ten and two. He has found what he's looking for and passes the phone back to her. Man, you're a savage. As she looks at the phone, we see her face register what she is watching before the scene cuts to the actual footage she is watching. I said watching two times in that sentence. Two I times, two times. All right. So cut to interior office. We are witnessing the scene through the lens of a shaky cell phone. The person filming is standing outside of a locked office. Through glass, we see Nova dancing with an open bottle of champagne as Back That Ass Up plays at full volume. Dean is banging on the locked door to no avail. Nova turns the music down, sits at the desk, and uses the telephone, which dumbles as an in-office intercom system. Attention shoppers and people with meaningless job titles. My name is Nova, and I'm your friendly office black girl. You might know me as that one black girl. Special shout out to everyone's favorite supervisor, Mr. Dean Barlow, who boosts morale and workflow with his dick. I, too, was once a proud recipient, but unfortunately, due to cutbacks we have discontinued our partnership you run one hell of a diversity initiative mr barlow you can consider this my official resignation i sincerely hope all of you dumpster puppies enjoy the ball pit that dean had installed instead of giving me the raise i actually fucking deserve also i hate every single one of you except for trevor who i hate significantly more than everyone else 
Back in the cab, Nova continues to watch the video, visibly panicked. Who filmed this? Back in the office, the phone is turned to face the cameraman, and we see Trevor's face. He is wide-eyed and thrilled with what he has captured. World star! <laughs> Trevor! <laughs> then back in the office, the door to the office is thrown open, and two security guards enter. They grab Nova by both arms, and as she is being dragged out of the room, she is kicking and knocking over anything she can reach. Fuck your paperweight! Fuck your stress ball! <laughs> Her co-workers <laughs> applaud the security guards as she is dragged out. <laughs> back in the cab, Nova is staring, gape-mouthed. The driver looks back with a huge grin on his face. Pull over. Yo, do a snap with me real quick. No one is going to believe this. Mario, I will tuck and roll out this damn door if you don't pull over right now. Outside of the cab, Nova gets out, slams the door, and then she reopens it, grabs her purse, and slams the door even harder. She begins to walk swiftly. The car slowly rolls alongside her, the driver rolling the window down. Hey, miss, you still have my phone. Nova violently tosses the phone through his office wi- or to- through his open window. You get one star for this ride, and furthermore, no one cares about your opinion on cosmetics. It's patriarchal and dumb. <laughs> she almost walks into traffic. A car honks, lo- honks loudly. She yells in the direction of the car. Oh, shut up! The car, the cab speeds off. We see the camera spins around Nova. She basically becomes that one Mr. Crab meme, a blur of cars and noise. Nova looks to the sky in full panic mode, arms outstretched. We see her from above. Somebody help me. I'm trending. You'd be an idiot not to pick that. Oh, that would, you need that, that in your life. I that was very good. Yeah. Who knew my uh, true purpose in life was to be a cab driver? Oh my God. Okay, wait, but you driver. know what's funny is that you were like, I don't, you know, I, I only know how to do one thing. Listen, uh, I'm not be an actor. It's true, it's and true. And then you want to be all, you, you like, your motive, you're like, you found your motives and things like that. that. Yeah. 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 And shout out to Willie Perdomo for that. Uh, Ebony, me the nurse vega of my dreams. There we go. Ebony, where can the people find you? Oh man, where can they find me? Um, I'm on Instagram a lot. Um, so I'm like on Instagram as my name, Ebony Hogan. Ebony with an I, not with a Y. My mother's creative. Get it right. Girl. Um and I also just started a another another account. I'm I'm I do a lot of crafting because that keeps me from like stabbing people. Mm. So I do embroidery and all sorts of things like that. So I started another account called the Rec Shop. I'll be opening a Woo. store soon. You're gonna yes. be selling those things. Yes, yes. That's that's beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, the Rec Shop. The Rec Shop. How do you spell that? The Rec being like Rec, like we gonna wreck some up. For those that don't know how to spell that, um, W R E C K shop. Perfect. Um, yeah. So like, holler and buy some things because like buy I'm some things. like underemployed right now. Yo, like I quit my job. Yeah. Here we are. So we not for long. Shit. Yeah. Buy some things. As always, you can find us. You can email us at email thepoetrygods at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at thepoetrygods. You can find us on Twitter at thepoetrygods. You have no idea how much we celebrate the five-star ratings and uh, little things that you write. We literally screenshot them, text them back and forth, and talk about you for days. If you like what we do, you have no idea how much it means. Please give us that rating. uh, And anything else you add on top of that is going to be a cherry on top. We really, really love you. Thank you for listening. Yep. We are uh, going to be in Virginia soon. So if you're in Virginia, 
holler at us. We're also we're also in some talks to do some some things in Chicago, some things mm-hmm. in in uh, Tampa Bay, Florida mm-hmm. for AWP. So if you want us to do things wherever you're at, you know what I mean? You should holler at us at email thepoetrygods at gmail.com. Uh, Aziza, where can the people find you? Uh, you know, in these streets. Of course. That's the correct answer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's all I want to say. You can today. find me in these streets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your business. Street Avenue. Do not hit my line. No, you can find me. Everything is at Aziza Barnes. Um, On Instagram, though. At Aziza Barnes Writer. Thank writer. you so much. Because right. I write stuff. Lots mm. of stuff. Mm. John Sands. Uh, I'm at I am John J O N Sands S A N D S on Instagram and Twitter. I don't do it often, but when I do, it is okay. <laughs> it is it pretty is, good. It is not disappointing. It has some hits. I don't know. It's it not, is not great. Disappointing. But. You should stick around. Wow. It's uh, going to come any day. You can find me at <laughs> underscore Jose Olivares on all the social media platforms. Uh, yeah. We love y'all. See y'all next time. Peace. Woo! 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 Let's go. Right back at him. I'm in the I know you feel hesitant, but I'm so positive.